you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And real faith believes that when you pull out this driveway on Sunday evening or Monday morning, faith still says, I still have the victory. God doesn't want us to have a meeting here to where that we are so victorious as long as we're just, we're just all together. And then you go to Arkansas, and you go to Louisiana, North Louisiana, and you go to Johnson City, Tennessee, and you go to Canada, and then all of our victory just kind of dissipates away. But God wants us to leave this place so energized by the Holy Ghost, so charged by His presence, that devils are stumbling and running, trying to get out of your way. Submit yourself, therefore, into the mighty hand of God. Submit yourself, therefore, into the mighty hand of God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And the church said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Such a privilege for us to be together again tonight, isn't it? Amen. So enjoy the service today. Didn't Brother Ron do a tremendous job? Praise the Lord. Let's turn to the book of Joshua, if you would. Joshua, Joshua chapter 14. We'll read together um, verse 6 down through verses 10. I asked Brother Timothy if he would sing that song tonight for a reason because we will refer back to it on the basis of where we're going to read this scripture from. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite said unto him thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses the man of God Concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Now, I want you to listen to this verse now. So there were two reports coming about the exact same place. Two reports. Now, if you and I will revert back in time, we're not standing here tonight in April of 2023, but we're standing back there at Kadesh Barnea. We have heard 10 preachers come up with a bad report. And there's only two that's saying we're more than able to take the land. It's ours. We can do it. It's ours. So you're the people now. So whose report will you believe? Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Now, it would have been one thing had it been the Philistines, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, those seven nations that God sent them to conquer. If it would have been them that would have said these things. But instead of it being them, it was their own message brothers. 
Oh, boy, here we go. And by doing that, they made the hearts of the people just to melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses sware on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever. Because, because. I want you to notice why it's going to be his. Not because God loved him more. Not because he combed his hair on the right side of his head. But because thou hast followed the Lord my God. Isn't it amazing Caleb, the verse before that, calls the Lord his God. Why? He heard the prophet say the same thing. So now the prophet told him, he said, you serve the Lord with all of your heart, the Lord my God. So Caleb said, I like that. I think I'll call him my God. So he just goes ahead and said, he wasn't just Moses' God. He's my God. A lot of us can say he was Brother Branham's God. That ain't good enough. God wants you to be able to say, he's my God. He's your God. Behold. Now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 40 and 5 years. Since the Lord spoke this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. Eighty-five years old. So instead of looking for a nursing home, he's wanting a land full of giants. That's my kind of man right there. Instead of wanting a little flower garden or a nice little spot in a peaceful side of Palestine that has already been settled and he'll plant a little bit of broccoli and a little bit of asparagus and he'll go out there and spend the rest of his days, him and their wives on the front porch on a rocking chair, peacefully rocking, sleeping in and out during the day. But he says, I want you to know I'm just as strong now as I was 40 years ago. Now he stands 85 years old. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you that this word is not just for young people, but it's for 85-year-olds, 45-year-olds, 65-year-olds, 105 if there's any of that age here tonight. We are so grateful, Father, that your word never fails. We ask you that you'd speak to us tonight. Help me to get out of the way. Make me sensitive, Lord. Maybe a young person might not need but one or two words or maybe a sentence. Help me not to be restricted to notes or quotes or scriptures. Help me, Father, to follow the channel of the Holy Ghost. Speak to us tonight, would you, Lord? In Jesus' name. And the saints said, God bless you. You may be seated. I want to speak to you tonight by the help of the Lord on the power of assimilation. Most of us, I'm sure, know what assimilation means, but I'll refresh your memory. It happens to you every day when you eat. Your body will take the nutrients out of the food that you eat and it will divide it. The body's a miraculous thing. It'll separate carbs and protein and 
fats and all this and that and the other and sends it to the different parts of the body to be able to make it useful. And then it will assimilate. Your cells are so designed by the creator that they're able to retain proteins and fats and carbohydrates and vitamins and so on. But yet, that's not just so in our bodies. Listen to the word now, what it means to assimilate. To take in and incorporate as one's own. To absorb. To bring into conformity with the customs and attitudes of others. And it also means to cause to resemble. So assimilation is something that we do every day. It is something that we have to be so careful about because the music you listen to, the entertainment that you allow yourself to become involved in, The people that you are around, that you fellowship with, that you spend time with, we will assimilate from them certain things. That's what makes us what we are. Our parents, our our family, our, our neighbors, and those that we are around, and we pick up this and that and the other, and we're able to assimilate from them. We pull it into our mannerisms. And there's many of these things that are actually stored in our subconscious. We don't even realize it. You can watch family members, and there's a certain trait that they will do. Maybe they have a certain life, and you can watch one and the other and the other, and they're not even aware of what they're doing because that's stored in their subconscious. God made a great thing when He made a human being. And he put several of the control units of us in the conscience level. And then he put other things in the subconscious level. I'm glad he did that. Because if he didn't, whenever you and I went to sleep at night, we would die in our sleep. Because our heart wouldn't keep beating. Our lungs would not keep expanding and going down and all that. Much of our mechanism of our human body, God applied to the subconscious. So it goes on every day. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to tell your heart to beat. You don't have to tell all these things to do. God committed that to the subconscious. And then other things, God committed it to the first conscience. You ever notice how that whenever you get used to, say, in your home, if your home has a level, two or three levels in your home, and you've got eight or ten steps, twelve, whatever you have, and you will go up and down those steps, and you just go up and down them, up and down them. You don't even think about it. And you will have no problem doing that until you start looking at those steps one day and thinking about either going up or down them. Have you ever done that? And whenever you will do that, it will nearly every time confuse you. And you say, why in the world? I went up and down these steps for years of my life. Why am I doing this? Well, I almost stumbled. I almost fell. Well, the thing is that you've taken from your subconscious the control that was committed to that and you're thinking about it in your first conscience. And when you do, then it confuses between the two levels. And you see, that's the way faith is sometimes. That Brother Branham says about the Lord Jesus that he was totally unconscious of his faith. So you never find the Lord Jesus saying, oh, have I got enough faith to do this? Can I do that? And many times we want things so bad that we try to reach for it in our conscience level and we pull it from the subconscious and the soul and then we set up a great battle going on where? Most of the time inside of our mind. 
But we do assimilate, and it can be so in a positive way, but also in a negative way. Now, before we go into the inheritance of Caleb here, our character tonight, I'd like to give you just a little bit of a background. Maybe some of you know it. Maybe some not. won't hurt you if you do know it to hear about it again. But the Bible identifies Caleb as being a Kenizzite which I find very unusual, that it does not call him an Israelite, but it calls him a Kenizzite. So he's of the tribe of Kenaz, K-E-N-A-Z, which are of the descendants of Edom or the Edomites. So actually Caleb was not a Jew, but he was more of what we would classify as being a Gentile. Before the exodus coming out of the land of Egypt, Caleb's father actually married a woman which was the daughter of her, which was of the descendants of Moses. Now she was of the clan of Chalubiah in the tribe of Judah. Now there were many Gentiles that merged from the Gentile nations, of course, to come into the Jews. And some of them did so by marriage, as this one did, and others of them did so by accepting the Jewish faith. So this man was brought into the clan or the tribe of Israel by marriage. So his father married a Jewish woman. And he was brought then into the tribes of Israel and he become a convert. Now, the Jews did not have a 13th tribe for those who were converted from Gentiles to becoming Jews. But what they did was they themselves become assimilated into the tribes. So they did not have, say, a said tribe for the Gentiles, one for this, that, and the other, but they were assimilated into the tribes of Israel and they would become that. Now, let me just remind you of a couple of other characters and one of them you're familiar with, of course, and that was Rahab. Rahab, Brother Ron mentioned it this morning, Rahab was an Amorite. Now, she was not, of course, an Israelite, but she was an Amorite. Rahab the harlot. Ruth was a Moabitess. And so we see a similarity at how that these people, both Rahab and Ruth, were assimilated into what tribe? The tribe of Judah. And what tribe was Caleb assimilated into? The tribe of Judah. Now, Judah, of course, means praise. So that's a real good tribe for the Gentiles to be assimilated into. Because if anybody's going to praise him for grace, it's going to be those of the tribe of Judah. Now maybe some of you here tonight, you ain't got much to praise him for. But I was born lost. I was born blind. I was born wretched. I was born miserable. I've got a lot to thank him for tonight. Now, I want you to notice then that these three, many more, but these three that I want to focus on, they were actually assimilated into the tribe of Judah, which was identified as the king tribe or the royal tribe. It was, of course, the tribe by which our Lord in his flesh proceeded and came forth from. So Caleb then was given a special place. Now, which again would be quite unusual because you have a man that was not really a Jew 
but yet called by Moses to be able to go and check out the promised land. And him and Joshua will come back with a real great report of what the Lord had given them. And then here were people that were Jews. We said they'd been in the message for all their life. And yet they come back with a report that we're not able to do this. There's absolutely no way that we can go into this land. You know, it breaks my heart to not to say it. But there are people in this message that are of the same frame of mind. That we cannot have revival in this end time. That we cannot expect God to move for us. And where do we get all that at? Now, I'll tell you what they do. They go into our land, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, baptizing us into the message of the hour. That is our land. And let me just tell you, the message is more than just you learning how to quote something that Brother Branham said. But the message itself, and whenever we catch it, it is the revelation of the hour. It is more than quotes. It's more than just books and tapes laying in your shelf or having it on your phone. It is more than just something to where we talk about. It is a reality. It is your land for this hour. This is why in the last several years that Satan has so attacked our land. What's he trying to do? Exactly the same thing that he'd done to these people in that day. Get them to question the credibility of the prophet of God who told them about the land. And they will become so discouraged they won't even go into the land. Well, praise the Lord. But you realize that Caleb was of the mindset. He was not going to join sides with anyone who stood against his prophet messenger. It would do you and I good to have the same attitude today. But you see, Caleb had already assimilated into the people of God, but not just with anybody that said they believed the word. So Caleb had assimilated into those believers which had a portion ordained on the other side. Now we realize everybody that was Israel actually wasn't Israel. And everybody that started out did not wind up going in. And we know redemption has two parts. The first part is coming out of and the second part is going into. And Caleb had a made-up mind. He was going in. Is there anybody here tonight that's got that same mind? Now, Caleb must have experienced a lot of difficult things. Now, we know, of course, that God tells him, because you have brought this evil report, there will be none of you, none of you, that will go into the land except Caleb. Now, the word Caleb, I'm sure you know, means dog. Dog. So here this man, his birthright was against him. His name was against him. He was a Kenizzite, which was against him. But yet he had accepted the power of assimilation to be able to assimilate into the message of the hour and actually become the word for that day. Now, all these things were against him, as I said last night. These were facts that were against him, but all he knew was God was calling him to a destiny beyond his own natural birth. I hope you realize the same thing tonight. But you know that even though that he believed this, it did not mean that it took all the difficulty away from him. Now, let's look at this, that God has told him, because you have denied me, 
You've denied my words. You have questioned the message of the hour. You have questioned my prophet's credibility. Then there won't be a one of you. And we know that the Bible says that when they heard those ten spies, they went into their tents that night and they wept and they cried. And they said, would to God we would have stayed in the land of Egypt. Was it because there was no graves in the wilderness? Why did you bring us out of here? Oh, they had a fit. And it come by what? Ten message preachers that was telling them the days of miracles are past. And all we can do now in the message is just barely hang on and just barely struggle to survive. And we're going to wait. We're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. They're not sure what we're waiting for. I guess it depends on which preacher you talk to. Well, some say we're waiting for Brother Bram to come and bring a tent. Others say, well, no, he ain't going to bring no tent. We're waiting for this man to come from over here. And we're waiting for that man to come over there. Well, while you're waiting, we're going to be rejoicing in the Lord. We're going to be enjoying the promise of our God that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But I want you to think now that there must be a span of time that will pass and all of those who accepted the negative report of them ten preachers has got to die. Of course, you remember reading in the Bible that God would let one plague after another come and one thing after another and Caleb saw thousands times thousands of his people die in the wilderness. How discouraging it must have been but remember, God gave this man a twofold promise, and that was the longevity of life. He is not going to die. And God also gave him the promise that he was going to get the land that he had marched upon and claimed as his own. Now, you imagine every time the flu come around and every time COVID got in among the camp that the devil said to old Caleb, boy, you ain't gonna make it this time. I imagine he might have got pneumonia and he might have got this and that and the other. But you know what Caleb said? I've got a promise. God said, I ain't going to die. I don't care what the devil done. I don't care what the devil said. Let me just tell you something, friend. It all depends upon your perspective of the promise of God. If you believe it, all the stats may be against you. All of everything else may be against you. But if it's been revealed to you by the Holy Ghost that you are part of this bride, there ain't enough devils out of hell to stop you from getting your inheritance. Now, Caleb would have to have been a pretty strong individual to see all of the people in his age group pretty much die. So thousands would die on the left and thousands would die on the right. Now again, we're not talking about Amalekites and Jebusites and Hittites, but we're talking about Israelites and they are dying like flies. But God told him, you ain't gonna die. You ain't gonna die. So God sustained him during the difficult time. Look around what many of us have seen. My brother Tim being here and some of these older folks have been in the message, many of them for decades of their life. Um, this, this year holds a special year for me because in March the 27th in 1983, 
I just started a, a church in Kentucky and I introduced about the prophet messenger being uh, the messenger of this age, March the 27th, 1983. I was a Pentecostal preacher preaching in my Pentecostal church when I'd started there. And I got up and the Lord had begun to deal with me and reveal it to me that he had sent a prophet in the last day. So just a few weeks ago, a few days ago, 40 years I've been preaching this message. 40 years, I've seen all kinds of people come and go. Brother Tim's seen way more than I have. Some of you here tonight have seen way more than I have. But yet, that does not change the credibility of the message of the hour. We've had people come and go to believe the sign, the this, that, the other. The truth of it is, we still do believe the sign. Come on now, we still believe that this word has been sent to gather a bride, not call us to make another denomination, but call us to the true baptism of the Holy Ghost and introduce us to the Lord Jesus Christ as the living God, which is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We've seen them fall to our left. We've seen them fall to our right. We've seen preachers fall in adultery. We've seen personalities raise and fall. We've seen men raised with false doctrine and send them around the world and cause a cult here and another clan there. But is it gonna move us? Absolutely not. Caleb saw family members die. He saw friends die, but did it stop him? He kept his eyes on the promise. Somebody hear me tonight. He kept his eyes on the promise. Hallelujah. He lived upon it. He thought upon it. He breathed this word. He talked about this word. He assimilated this word. Now remember, he didn't have a Bible. He didn't have 1,100 tapes to listen to. He didn't have a whole lot of people of his age to encourage him, but he had a word, a direct word from the mouth of a prophet of God that you are not going to die, but you are going to inherit that land. Maybe one year went by, the second year went by, it didn't happen, the third year went by. You imagine 40 years later, he's still standing on the same promise of God. He's, oh my, he's 85 years old now. Maybe he don't look like he can get around. And the people probably thought, poor guy, you know, he's just missing a little something. He's ready for retirement. You know, I used to kind of laugh at folks when they talk about retirement, but I've heard it said, be nice to your children because they pick the nursing home you move into when you get older. I tell you what, I begin to realize that. You imagine that Caleb, now 85 years old, and standing up there that day and saying, let me tell you something, Joshua, I'm just as able today to go in and come back out. I'm ready to fight. Don't you talk about retirement to me. Don't you talk about some nursing home and some assisted living place. <laughs> Caleb said, I don't need no assisted living place. What I need is my mountain I want my mountain it's got my name wrote on it and I ain't talking about no assisted living I ain't talking about no nursing home I'm talking about give me my mountain notice in Joshua 14 7 40 years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. 
and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. I want you to notice where the word was. Wasn't in his head. Malachi 4 is not a head message. God didn't say I'll send Elijah to turn your head. I'll send him to send to turn your hearts. That's what a lot of the folks have got though. They got the message up here, but they sure ain't got it down here. Now his life is built upon faith in the divine promises of God. Now I want you to listen to this now carefully. They were nourished and nurtured by installments of fulfillment. Now listen, they were nourished and nurtured by installments of fulfillment. You see, God never gave it all to him, the strength that he needed just at one time. But God gave him installments or payments. You see, every day, glory, every day was an installment of the fulfillment of the prophet's promise. Every day, Brother Ron, God gave him was another payment to the promise. You're not gonna die. Now, it wasn't like that he just stood there and looked at it for it to all come way down here at the end. But every day Caleb lived, God gave him a payment on the promise. Every time somebody is healed in our midst, it is a payment toward the rapture. Every time we see a miracle, it is a payment toward the rapture. Every time somebody gets hands laid on them and the Spirit of God touches their body, it is an evidence that the power that will change our bodies is already changing us from being sick to being well. It is an installment toward the fulfillment. Oh, praise the Lord. So Caleb is receiving installments of fulfillment rather every day all along the road. So the true promises are longevity of life and he will be able to walk into this blessed land. Now I want you to notice how God will do it sometimes even, even for you children. The daily fulfillment of the one fed the fire of his face to the other. So the daily fulfillment of getting up every day, just rolling out of bed, him getting up every day and say, praise God, this day this promise is fulfilled. Why? God promised him you're not gonna die. So we wait for sometimes great big miracles to happen weeks on down the road. But every day you're up, it's another day of fulfillment, Brother Ron. Every day that you're able to stand there and have victory, it's another day to roll out of bed and say, all right, devil, where are you? Where are you, devil? I have lived through another night. My God kept his word. My God has moved for me. Another day I've been given to serving. So the daily fulfillment of the longevity of his life fed the fire of his faith that he's going to get his mountain. Praise God. Notice this in verse 8. Nevertheless, my brethren, that went up made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. I didn't join up with them when they said, well, all we can do is just kind of sit around and wait now. We, we, there's no way we can have no move. Now we know there's some of them Pentecostal preachers around the message. 
course, people don't call me Pentecostal. They call me Church of Christ. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I'd rather be called a Pentecostal in this message than called a Church of Christ. <laughs> I'm not a bit ashamed. I've been called a Pentecostal since I come in this message. I'm not a bit ashamed to say I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, I hear your prophet saying marriage of the Lamb in Phoenix 1962. He said many Pentecostal people are ashamed of their Pentecostal experience. Well, you're looking at one tonight that is not ashamed of his Pentecostal experience. I got more than a raising my hand. I got more than I accept Christ as my Savior. Something got down inside of me and got a hold to my soul and regenerated me by the breaths of God. Hallelujah. I have never been the same and I'm telling you he's right here tonight to do the same thing for you if you want it. If you imagine old Caleb now he's 85. Glory to God. Caleb, Caleb, be careful. Be careful. Don't hurt yourself everybody. You know, but now he had his AARP card stuck in this pocket and his Medicare stuck in that pocket, United Healthcare card stuck over here. <laughs> Notice verse 10. Now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Daily installments was now leading him to the time of fulfillment to the ultimate goal. Praise God. Some of y'all looking for miracles. You're alive another day, aren't you? You've lived another week in Laodicea. Young people, you've lived another day in Laodicea. You understand, we're getting fewer and fewer. The whole world has gone insane. They don't know if they're a boy or a girl. They don't even know what they are. They've gone out of their minds. Our governments don't know what they are. Everybody's turned into a jellyfish. They're afraid to say he or her or she or him. They're afraid. Our army's afraid. Our weak president's afraid. Why? Because our nation has been turned into hell. But you are a miracle in this place tonight. You know who you are. You know where you're going. You know what God has done for you. You have received another payment today of life, of mercy. Hallelujah. The Lord has kept me alive. As he said, these 40 and 5 years. Even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. As yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. You imagine somebody who was like, Poor old feller. Bless his heart. He's just an old man, you know, just, just kind of go along with him. He don't know no better. Poor brother Tim, he's getting old. Oh, he is, ain't he? Bless his little heart. 
Look at Brother Ron, how gray-headed he is. Oh, my goodness. Look at Brother Donnie, how gray he's getting. These old preachers, they're just getting so old. Oh, yeah, that's easy for them to say. They've done lived their life. And how did they live it? For Jesus Christ. They weren't out there in the world running up and down and living like the world. Oh, no, they give their teens. Many of these preachers around the message have given their teens and their 20s and their 30s and their 40s and their 50s and their 60s to the cause of Jesus Christ. And that's why we can stand here tonight and tell you it is a life worth living. I do not regret giving my youth to Jesus Christ. Because he will give me my use back one day. Eternal youth. You know, imagine some of them young guys sitting there saying, bless his heart. Now watch him, he gets a little excited. Imagine your kind of oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I feel it all over me. They probably said life in them like you're life in a day. But what is that I hear? What is that? That peculiar sound. It's coming over from that direction, isn't it? People say, what is that noise? Don't pay no attention to it. It's Caleb. He's in there sharpening his sword. They tell me 40 years ago that man had a sword four foot long. He sharpened it down now to it's about 18 and a half inches long and still coming down. But Caleb doesn't realize it don't matter difference how long it is. What matters is how sharp it is. how big you are how famous you are how important you think you are that you want a sharp two-edged sword that'll cut that devil's head off hallelujah cut that cancer's head off cut that all glory to God that besetting sin that shall kill that thing He said, I am as strong this day as I was in the day when Moses sent me. 85 years old. Now you expect me to believe that an 85-year-old man is as strong as a 40-year-old man. I'm not even 85 and I know better than that. This man is not looking at natural circumstances. The facts had certainly stacked up against him. And the young people, some of these young guys are saying, bless his heart, I admire his courage, don't you? Man, bless his heart. Uncle Caleb, tell us 
What was it like? I'll tell you one thing, boys. I went over there, glory to God. I marched down through there. I grabbed a hold of them grapes. I mean, them grapes is that big around. I'll tell you one thing. I got in there in the presence of God. I went down through there and I watched all them people and I thought, Lord, have mercy. I can't wait to take my knife and cut their gizzard out. I can't wait to get in there and take this land. It's smiling. Calm down, Uncle Caleb. Calm down. You're going to hurt yourself. So here he is up before Joshua. Can you imagine Joshua nodding a couple of the deacons? If he gets excited, brothers, help him. Yet I am a strong this day. As I was in the day that Moses sent me, as my strength was then. Even so is my strength now. For gardening, for flowers, for bingo. I will go to the senior citizen's place and sit around and talk to the old folks. You ever notice some people get really old? How that they go to talking about things that was so many, many years ago and talk about things they did? All these preachers, they want quiet, ain't they? <laughs> They're talking about, oh, I remember this and I remember that. Isn't it amazing? Caleb is not talking about what was. He's talking about what is. He's talking about what is and what God is fixing to do. All he needs is Joshua's permission. This man still knew divine protocol. The prophet of God said that mountain was his. Why does he need Joshua's permission? Because Joshua was the man God placed in charge. (laughs) He said, notice, even so is my strength now for war. Him and the senior citizen boys is going to get into a checker war, I guess. Imagine some of them young guys. Bless his heart. We'll have to do something with him. I mean, whenever we get ready to go in, we'll have to strap that dude in the bed. He'll, he'll get killed. This man is dangerous. He'll, he'll, yeah, you're right. He is dangerous, all right. And I'll tell you who he's dangerous for. The sons of the Ananicans. The Ananicans were the giants who lived in the south land in the land of Hebron. The word Ananicum means long neck. You imagine old Caleb would have him dreams. He just come to himself. Say, what are you doing? What are you doing? He said, I slid another one's neck tonight in my dreams. <laughs> oh, them old sons of the long neck. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Our battles have changed some a little, little, little bit now, I guess. But now we're dealing with sons of the long tongue. That long tongue lying devil that tells you you cannot be an overcomer, that you cannot be filled with the Holy Ghost, 
that we cannot have a bride's revival. Oh, yes, we can. We can have a bride's revival. A bride's move. We'll cut that long tongue out of their mouth. Imagine him saying, oh, glory to God. I feel it all over me right now. He'd be back there in his tent lifting them Malachi four weights. Let me give you a few of them. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of thine heart. If ye abide me and my words abide in you, ask what you will. Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name, but ask now that your joy may be fulfilled. If any two on earth agree as touching any one thing, it shall be given unto them. Whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, that's the kind of weights we want to live, brother, sister, until we assimilate into those promises. We eat them, we sleep them, we drink them, we dream about them. They probably had a Caleb committee. Now look, brothers, how are we going to take care of this guy? Let me ask you, Deacon, brothers, something. How about you like to have an 85-year-old like this in your church? I've said before, the Lord knew exactly where to put David. He placed him in the Old Testament. Because if the Lord would allow David to live in this message in this day, every church in the message would have thrown him out. That man would have got so excited he didn't even have the Holy Ghost. And he shouted and he danced and he jumped around. What would he do if he'd heard about the seven seals? What would David done if he'd heard about the seven church ages at Malachi 4 and Luke 17, 30? What would he have done if he'd heard about a bride's revival? Oh, what would David do? Well, I ask you, what are you going to do? the foundation for his claim. You know, I find it amazing that God's prophet telling people when they're coming up to a prayer line to be prayed for and they need healing and deliverance in their body and he would tell them, tell God why you want to be healed. What does sickness do? Pull you away from your position. I tell the Lord and have for several years now, Lord, Erica needs to be healed so she can be the right kind of wife, the right kind of mother, the right kind of daughter, the right kind of daughter of God. She wants to go to church, Lord, and she can't go to church. That devil's grabbed a hold of her. She was called in the line of duty. Her doctor told her there's no need why you should even have this. She has one of the rarest types, endocrine tumor, one of the rarest type that there is in the world. And yet, oh, nobody's ever been healed as far as what they say, but I think it'd be pretty awesome if hers is the first one on the list. Can do it, 
brother, sister. Oh, hallelujah. Your name can be the first one on the list that got delivered of this and that and the other. Do you watch your mountain? But it can be pretty hard when you're sitting in a doctor's office and they got a scan up on the wall. This is your liver. This is your brain. This is your lungs. And if we're not careful, we'll get so accustomed to sickness and disease, we start claiming it as our own. Pray for me. My blood pressure is doing this. My tumor You understand what you're doing? You're claiming that as if though it belongs to you. No, that is a trespasser. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now listen, he lays the foundation. Now he makes his request. Now therefore, give me this mountain. Wherefore the Lord spake in that day, and for thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. What's he quoting? Facts. He didn't say, oh, there were no giants. Well, there were no giants. I want you to look at them blind preachers that come up there 45 years prior to this and they said, we was like grasshoppers in our own sight and we were like grasshoppers in their sight. Now I want to ask you something. How did they know that? Did they go up and ask them that? But they assimilated fear. They assimilated into that fear and now they're speaking on behalf of their enemy. The truth of it is every devil in hell is terrified right now in this presence of God. Every devil in hell is scared to death of every Holy Ghost filled child of God that's in this place tonight because the devil knows if we can move beyond fear, if we can move beyond the things of the flesh, every devil in here will be subject to the Holy Ghost. If we could get in one mind and one accord, every person here could be free in less than five minutes time. The Anakims were there and the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. Imagine maybe one of his caretakers come up and said, Our brother Joshua, brother Caleb, is an overzealous Pentecostal sort of a brother. We've never been able to calm him down. Glory to God. We've never been able to get him down. You can't even sing Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, without shouting. Hallelujah. If there's anything that'll make you shout, it'll be Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. You remember the old man that had the daughter that lived in the city the prophet tells us about? And she was a real high society. So she wanted to have this tea party 
or lemonade. I think the prophet said they're going to drink that pink lemonade. Stick her fingers on up in the air. And she said, Lord, what am I going to do with my daddy? Because every time he reads the Bible, he gets so excited. He goes to getting real emotional. So she said, I know what I'll do. I'll put daddy up in the attic. So she took daddy up there and she said, now daddy, we're going to have this party. And oh, honey, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But then now she said, I, I don't want to give daddy no Bible because if I do, he'll get all tore up. So here they was drinking their pink lemonade and their little cucumber sandwiches and all that sort of thing. And my, everything was going really nice. And she left her daddy a geography, a book about oceans and lands and so on. And they was down there and one woman may have had a cucumber sandwich and another had a squash sandwich and who knows, they might have been eating asparagus and all kinds of that sort of stuff. And all of a sudden, the office racket above their head takes off. And she said, what in the world? I know who that is. That's daddy. We need more daddies like that. Hallelujah. We need more daddies who love the power of God. Too many of our daddies have got their heads stuck in their smartphone. It's a shame when our smartphones are smarter than we are. She goes running up the steps. Daddy, daddy, what are you doing? You ain't got no Bible. He said, no, honey. I said, you're reading in this geography book here. And they said there's some places in the ocean, the sea. They can't find nobody until she said, yeah, I know that, Daddy. He said, well, I just read the other day in the Bible how that the Lord had cast my sins into the depths of the sea. And according to this right here, they're still falling. They're still falling. <laughs> oh, glory. The old man assimilated the word. If God's inside of your heart, you can see him in a geography. So you imagine some of the folks, they put poor Uncle Caleb up in a chariot and they said, Let's, let's just drive him by one of them assisted home living things and just see what he thinks. Where are we going? Oh, we're going out here. Uncle Caleb, we're going over here to see some of this, this fine property in the land of Israel. I said, Hebron's that way. Now, now, we know, we know, we know. But we, we just want to show you some scenery today. So here the comment said, there's a lot of old folks walking around like that. Yeah. Doing all kinds of things. I said, good Lord. You don't expect me to live there, do you? That's the way I say. You don't expect me to live where the Spirit of God is not moving among His church, do you? You expect Brother Tim to live there? Look, I've got needs. My baby's got needs. My brother's got needs. Don't take me somewhere where the Spirit of God is not welcome. Take me somewhere where the Holy Ghost is moving. Now, Uncle Caleb, we just thought, Maybe with you being 85 and everything, you might want a calmer life. You know, just more sedated. 
just kind of lay back. Let me tell you something, young people. Satan won't even care if you belong to a message church. The thing he don't want to happen to you is for you to meet the power of the risen Savior. He offered Jesus a kingdom without a Calvary. He'll offer you a position in this message without a new birth. He'll offer you a position, a deacon, a trustee, maybe even a preacher, a song leader, or a musician. The thing that scares him to death is when young people meet the Lord Jesus like they did on the day of Pentecost. Peter ain't got one Holy Ghost and we got another one. We got the same Holy Ghost Peter had. We got the same rights as Peter had. Well, you see, there's a little bit concerned about his mind because what he had done before Joshua was he asked for the very same land that those other 10 message preachers had saw and come back and said, oh, we saw the giants there. Man, you talking that big. But it all depends on what you're looking at. Brother Tim, Brother Timothy, some of us a few years ago went into Israel. We was able to go down into the valley of Elah. Amen. We got out and walked up and down that valley there and picked up some rocks. You said, why'd you do that for? Because one of my kin folks had fought a battle there. You don't know it yet either, but he's one of yours too. David was his name. Hallelujah. You imagine Saul and his army looking at some of them, them giants and the Philistines. Oh, Caleb looked at the same things. So whether you're a young boy, which was a teenager, or whether you're an 85-year-old man, it runs in our family to kill giants. Oh, hallelujah. If you're 16 or 15 or 80 or 85, if you're bothered with cancer, if you're bothered with high blood pressure, if you're bothered with a besetting sin, it runs in our family to slay giants. So they had known that something poor, oh Caleb, it's, maybe it's pre-dementia. It's probably Alzheimer's setting in on him. He said, why would you say that? Because he asked for the very land that men with sense and renowned and great sensibility said, we should never go there. And the poor old guy, that's what he asked for. We drove him by this new assisted living place. And we told him that we would take care of him and we'd be able to come and visit him every now and then. But Caleb said, I don't want that place. I'm looking for a net to slice. (laughs) Oh, come on, young people, don't look at me that way. 
My goodness, you every one of you ought to be devil stomping, neck slicing, tongue speaking, Holy Ghost feel use in this last day that will not back up to the devil. You'll not back up to lust. You'll not back up to rock and roll music. You'll not back up to this sexual perverse society that we live in. But you'll stand your ground and say, give me my mountain. Ain't no need you trying to come to me and get me to join, believe the sign. No need you trying to come to me and tell me this message ain't right. But Brother Donnie, we can point it out. Facts. The Brother Branham said this number here and that number there. You're looking at the facts. But I'm looking at the truth. He was still a prophet sent from God. He was a human being. Oh, glory. Now you see, when Joshua and the children of Israel were in the land, the Southland crossed Jericho. Jordan, rather, and took Jericho. They go into the Southland. Hebron was right there next to Jericho. They run all the giants out, but they kept advancing north, east, and west. Now it's 45 years later. Them giants simply left for a while and come back. According to Joshua chapter 1 verse 12, or verse 11, chapter 11 verse 22 if you'd like to read it. So they moved back in. You see, they had to spend years of clearing out the enemy. Then they had to change their tactics. They spent the rest of their life keeping the enemy out from where they cleared it out. So just because you're delivered of this and that don't mean, oh, praise God, I got delivered. Hallelujah, it'll never bother me again. Oh, no, the devil's smarter than that. He won't attack you maybe in front of these men of God that's gonna pray for you tomorrow night, but he'll wait till you get home on Tuesday. And then that desire will come back to look at this or that or the other or to say this or that or the other, but you've gotta have your ground, Caleb. You've gotta stand there with sword in hand and say, come on, devil, come on, devil. I warn you in the name of Jesus, I got something at that camp meeting that was more than emotion. I got power. 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 You see, the majority of those spies measured the giants against their own strength. Caleb and Joshua measured the giants Against the strength of Jehovah. Brother Donnie, will you attack that devil? No way. You think Brother Ron wants to meet this devil on his own? Nobody in their right mind but want to meet the devil on his own. But greater is he that is in you. You are not alone when you get the Holy Ghost. Now look at verse 13. And Joshua blessed him. Amen. And gave unto Caleb the son of Jephunneh Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb 
the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite. Now, the word has been claimed and the allotment has been assigned to the man who owns it. And the giants have not moved at all. Isn't it amazing? Joshua's word, when Joshua said, okay, it's yours. It's yours. Joshua's word did not drive the Anakims off of the mountain. I hope you're hearing me. You see, many of our people, that those of us who do believe in prayer lives, and we believe in prayer for the sick, and we believe in people praying through things, but many times people come through prayer lines and they come up even in their own service and they're praying that God will deliver them of something through the anointed men of God's hands when sometimes what you're praying for is going to have to be overcome by you and Jesus together, not just the prayers of your pastor. You can go up every service, pray for me, I'll do this, pray for me, I'll do that, pray for me, I'll do that, and some of us are just lazy Christians. Should you not go up for prayer? Yes. But when you've gone up for prayer, then stand there and drag out your sword and say, all right, devil. The man of God's prayed for me. I believe God's word. I'm not going back up there Wednesday night. I'm not going back up there again Sunday morning for the same thing. Now I'm fixing to attack my giant on the ground that's been given to me as a believer. My pastor cannot fight my battles. My mama cannot fight my battles. I've got to stand there with sword drawn and say, come on, devil. Can you imagine how Caleb must have felt so honored to have been given the land of Hebron? Hebron was the place at which Sarah, Abraham's wife, had died. Before there was time, as Kirjoth Arba was the name of the place. Originally called Hebron, renamed by the denominational titles, and the name was restored under the restoration of the bride coming back in. Hallelujah. It was formerly called Church of God. It was formerly called Church of God in Christ. It was formerly called apostolic this, that, and the other. But your name's been restored back to what John the Baptist called you in the book of John. Whenever it said the friend of the bridegroom rejoices because he hears the bridegroom's voice, here was a man with the spirit of Elijah on him, and he uses the word bride for the first time in the New Testament. Well, glory to God. So a man with the spirit of Elijah on him talks about a bride getting her place, and a man come back in the end time with the spirit of Elijah on him and said I no longer call you church I no longer call you church but I call you bride I call you oh glory I call you bride that's part of your mountain I'm not no longer just church Sarah dies, Abraham purchased a field with a cave in it, in the field, cave of Machpelah, the cave of two mouths, two entrances. The only possession Abraham ever actually owned in the land of Canaan when he was alive. And he had a title deed to it. And that title deed goes to Joshua. 
Praise God. A man that was assimilated into the tribe of Judah. Oh, glory. It was the only piece of land that Abraham could say with this. Isn't it amazing that God would give that to a man like this? Why? He wholly followed the Lord with all of his heart. Look at how God honors this. Look at how God looks at this. And God looks at this. It's, so high. it's not because our voice is so beautiful to sing. It's not because we can do this or that. But when we follow the Lord with all of our heart, God absolutely loves that. And Satan absolutely hates it. Here, Abraham was buried. Isaac was buried. Jacob was buried. Joseph was buried years later. And Caleb winds up with it. Caleb's city became a city of refuge. Brother Donnie, you message preachers. You mean you don't want the lost to come in? We do. Well, the way y'all preach it sound like to me. You don't want no homosexuals to come in. Oh, no, 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 no. You're misunderstanding that totally. We want them to come in, but we just don't want them to go out the same way they came in. Since we relocated in our new building, there's a woman heard about us and she started coming to church. Started wearing britches. Of course, that's what she's used to. Well, after a few services, she noticed nobody else in the church, women anyway, was wearing britches. Well, she told one of the deacons, she said, well, I figure y'all don't wear pants here. He said, no, ma'am. She said, well, I tell you, I've got a hard time with this makeup. I'm an ugly woman. And she said, it may take me a little while, but I believe I can give it up too. Now, I hadn't stood up and preached on it, but something about the living word sitting in the pews began to convict that woman's heart. Oh, glory. What was it? The message that was being lived in the pews spoke to that woman's heart and said, this is not right. Oh, that's what we want, that we become the message. Oh, so Caleb's city become a city of refuge. But it also become a city of the priesthood. So they just didn't believe in tapes only. Well, I figured I'd get quiet on that, but that's all right. The Lord God started out this gospel in the beginning in Acts 2 with preachers preaching the word. If he wanted to, he could have had tape recorders in the first century and they could have started playing Jesus tapes, Peter's tapes, Paul's tapes, Apollo's tapes and then brought it right back around and ended it up with tapes but he started it out with preachers and apparently he started it out the way he wanted it and he will end it the way he started it. I don't care who says different, they're contrary to God's word. God called men and he said, preach, preach, preach the word. Cast out devils, heal the sick. Let me close. Joshua 15, 13. 
and unto Caleb the son of Jephunneh he gave part among the children of Judah. Not because he was one by natural genealogy but he was given a part. You cannot imagine how I feel tonight. To be given a part was the ministry on this last day to be able to minister with the greatest men of God that are on this earth today. I count it such an honor to be able to preach tonight to the queen of heaven. Young people, I know these ministers here look at you as just being the church of tomorrow. You are the church of today. You don't need to wait till you're 20 or 25 or 30 and get the Holy Ghost. Get it now. Get it now if you ain't got it. Sing, play your guitar. Do whatever you can do for the kingdom of God. Don't wait till Brother Tim goes off the scene. Don't wait till I go off the scene. Do what you can do for the kingdom of God right now under the direction of your pastor and the men of God. That's the way Caleb done it. Verse 14, we'll close. And Caleb drove thence the three sons of Big Neck. Shishai, Ahaman, Talamai, the son of Anak. Let's rename these old boys, shall we? High blood pressure, a besetting sin, melanoma, Hallelujah. All oh, lust, pornography, whatever you have need of tonight, let the Lord God, let the Lord God ignite your face. And what would it be? One installment after another, one installment after another, leading to the ultimate, which is the changing of our bodies. So whose report will you believe? I hate to say it, but friends, you're going to be bombarded with some preachers because some preachers hate these youth camps. Message preachers, I'm talking about. They'll blast them for weeks before they start and weeks after they're over. It's just been the way it's been for years and years. But maybe if they'd let some of their young people get come, come here and be able to have an experience with God and then go back home and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I blasted them things. Or say, well, some of them go there to get boyfriends and girlfriends, I agree. And some of them go there and find the ultimate boyfriend. They become married to him. He becomes the king of kings. So as the musicians come, what's the name of your mountain? What's the name of your mountain? Maybe you're not 85 tonight but you feel so hampered by your facts, maybe, or frailty, whatever it is. I've been so hurt by preachers, Brother Donnie. So have I. Who do you figure has been hurt the most by preachers? You all or these preachers that know preachers? We have to pray, don't we, men of God, to still maintain respect and trust because of preachers that are nothing but wolves in sheep's clothing. And you get to a spot, you're saying, oh, Lord, who's next? 
who's going to do this, who's going to do that. But you have to keep your eyes on the promise. Oh, you mean you say you preachers go through that? Yeah, more than you do. Oh, but I've been so scarred. I understand scars. I've got one right here on my hand. I was bit by a rabid fox when I was 11 years old. From right there down to the bottom of my hand. Myself, my brother, and my sister had to take rabies shots, one a day, in our stomach. Seven up this side, seven up that side for 14 days to keep us from going mad. But you know what? That scar, I've never been able to feel since that doctor sewed it up that day. As I laid there in that doctor's office, 11-year-old boy, and that doctor, tears running out of his eyes, falling off his cheeks, falling down in my hand while he's sewing it up. But you know what that scar also means to me? It also means it healed. Now, would any of you all want to give me the right hand of fellowship if that place was still open and bleeding? Whenever that fox bit me and I was the oldest and it knocked my little sister down and got on top of her and was gnawing on her arms and as her big brother I went running toward her and I broke a stick and I went after that fox and whenever I did that fox reached and grabbed a hold of my hand and my hand instantly when he tore it open went numb. But I'm so glad I've got that scar because that means my hand healed over. Now, I've got a reminder my whole life. And when my grandkids is little, they don't ask me anymore because they're teenagers. But when they were little, say, Poppy, tell us about the fox. Tell us about the fox. Well, I don't mind telling you, I was scared to death of foxes for years. Terrified of them. But not no more. Not no more. So you want to keep your scar open the rest of your life? Well, I've been hurt by preachers. I've been hurt by this. So you want to keep that scar open or you want to let the Lord God heal you of that scar and stand right up and say, well, I've been hurt by preachers, but there's some real men of God somewhere. I've been hurt by this. I've been hurt by that. But there's some real Christians out there somewhere. So whose report Will we believe? Brother Timothy, maybe you can sing that song for us again. Now I want you to sing it with a different point of view. Now we're to looking at it from a perspective of an 85-year-old man that thousands fell on his left, thousands in the center, thousands on the right. Every day another plague, another thing would come through and Satan no doubt would tell him, you're next, boy, you're next. Maybe something break out in the tent right next door to him, Brother Ron. But he claimed God's promise. I ain't going to die. I ain't going to die. I don't care what's moving through the camp. I don't care what's moving through the message. I ain't going to die. Hallelujah. I ain't going to die. God is going to keep me alive. What about it? Is there anybody here tonight that can say, I ain't going to be swallowed up. I ain't going to be swallowed up with lust. I ain't going to be swallowed up with worldliness. I am not going to die. Remember the last plague that will strike. Death. Death. It's already swallowed the denominations. And it's in our ranks. 
Lord God. It may be in the tent next door to you, but it won't come nigh thee. For thou hast made the Lord my God, which is thy refuge, and he will hide thee under his wings. Hallelujah. I will say of the Lord, he is my strength. He is my fortress. Hallelujah. 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 Though 10,000 fall on the one side and another on the right hand side, it will not move me. I keep my eyes on the promise. Every installment of every day brings me closer to the major fulfillment. Give me God, we worship you tonight. Can we raise our hands in the presence of the King? Watch your mountain. Brother Donnie, will I get it all tonight? You might. And you might just get a down payment. But the down payment's telling you that's one installment. He may have 32 on the list. But praise God, every one of them brings you closer to the divine fulfillment. We magnify your name. We extol thee, Lord God. While in your presence, Father, may demons bow at the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke depression. I rebuke the most sad spirits that say I can't do it no more I can't make it another step further I rebuke you Satan go back to hell from where you come from you are meeting an army tonight like you have never met before this is not just another group of young people but they are part of the invincible army of the almighty God that runs in our genetics to kill giants whether we are teenagers or whether we are men and women of age, we will not leave this world until every demon out of the hell is under our feet. And the last one will be death. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And then we'll be brought to pass the saying, death is swallowed up in victory. Isn't it amazing, Brother Ron? that Paul tells us that scripture will be fulfilled in the resurrection, the rapture of the bride and not in the days of the Lord Jesus. Then we'll be brought to pass that same why. The bride is his crowning achievement. We are a proof that Calvary was a success. Every one of you young people tonight, you're a proof worked it still works oh, whose report Hallelujah. do you believe Hallelujah. we shall believe the report of the Lord oh whose report Will you believe? 
shall be the report of the Lord. His report says I am here. tonight. You can have victory no matter what it is. Put it under your feet. city the conqueror would come in and put his foot on the neck hallelujah they'd put their foot over on the neck and they'd take their sword out and they'd cut his head off what do you need to put under your foot tonight anybody got an issue that you need to put under your feet why don't you just do it alright devil get under my feet get under my feet you high blood pressure you cancer, you sickness, you fear, you trauma, you scars, get under my feet tonight in the name of Jesus because I'm going to cut your head off. Oh, hallelujah. Breathe deliverance on your children. Breathe healing on your children, Lord.
was a shout of the king and the cat.
I hear bars being broken. Chains falling to the ground. Hallelujah. Who the Son is set free is free indeed. Are you free tonight? Just the music working on. I'm gonna tell you what. We're gonna shut the music off and I'm gonna let your voice begin to speak. I want you to raise your hands and go to thanking God right now. Hallelujah. Let a praise come out of your mouth. to her enemy. Hallelujah. He's the voice of your enemy right now. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. That's right. Hallelujah, the prophet of God said, Rebecca watered the camels. It was the beast that was going to take her back to her eyes. You have the opportunity right now to water the one that's going to take you back to your eyes. Water him with praise. 
Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was an outcast. I once was nothing. I once was a dopehead. I once was this or that. That was the facts, but the truth came and spoke to my life, and he told me who I am. I didn't just become a son or a daughter. I always was a son or a daughter before the foundation of the world. Oh, Father, we worship you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for calling us. You could have called millions of others, but you called us, Lord. You know our names, Father. You know our hearts. You know our situations. You know the struggles that we've been in. You know we've been surrounded by the enemy that's on every side, seems like. But, Lord, we realize tonight we've heard the truth. There's more with us than is against us. Hallelujah, even here, even now, around us, Lord, surrounding your people even now. Hallelujah. If some of you had depression on your life, on your life what you need to do is start thanking God right now. I'm delivered. Thank you, Jesus. I'm free. Thank you, Lord. You come by my way. Anxieties and fears are falling off right now in this presence. Healings of all kinds are taking place right now in this presence. Right now. Hallelujah. Just assimilate. Healings are taking place right now in this presence. Forgiveness is taking place right now in this presence. Hallelujah. Bless the name. Bless the name. They just laughed at Jesus. Said she's only As he took her by the hand, she began to live again. Some began to praise the Lord. Some began to
seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost Lord I want the Holy Ghost promises unto me I invite you to this altar right now Lord I want I want the filling of the Holy Ghost I'm looking for that I invite you
I don't care if you're a young person or all the way in the back. If you need him tonight, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's sealed. Hallelujah. He's here to give it tonight. He's here to give it. Counselors, parents, come up and surround these young people. Come on. It's a promise. It's not a maybe. It's a shall be. Hallelujah. It's the truth. They need this, the token to get on that train. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, Brother Tim. Hallelujah. Just get shut in with God right now. Just get shut in with Him. Waiting for the counselors and ministers to get on through and press through this, this group right down here. Lay hands on them. Pray and believe. Just get locked in with God right now. Come here, Matthew. Right here. Just get right there. Get one mind and one accord. God's fixing to move. He's already moved. He's already dealing with hearts right now, speaking lives. You didn't draw yourself. God drawed you here. No man can come to me except the Father draws him first. God has bid you to come. And he said, he that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. That's his promise. Right now. Amen. I want you to expect a miracle in your life. For God to feel the inside of you. If you've got sin in your life, right now is the time to get rid of it. God won't feel you with sin in your life. Just say, Lord God, I repent of my sins. I realize I need you. I'm a sinner. I have moved away from you and I need you in my life and I want you in my heart right now and I'm inviting you to come in. I'm inviting you. Amen. I'm inviting you, Lord. Just purge me of every sin, every bit of unbelief. 
purge me and cleanse me right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm sorry, Lord, for the way I've been, the life that I've lived, the failures that I've been. I'm sorry. I want your forgiveness. I accept your pardon. Amen. Now, you ask his forgiveness. Just right now, I want you to say, God, I accept your pardon. I accept your forgiveness. I accept it right now that I'm clean, that the enemy has left my life, that sin has left my life, that I'm no more a slave to it. I've invited you now to be the king of my life. I've invited you. I've invited you within me. Right now, Lord, right now I'm accepting your Holy Spirit into my life. Right now I'm accepting it, Lord. I believe you're going to feel me. I want to thank you. Amen. Now I wanna, I'm going to pray with you right now as we pray. One mind, one accord, right now in unity. Right now everybody else in the building praying. Father, in the name of Jesus, you promised it. You sent the promises to us and to our children and to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And you have called these by your spirit. You moved tonight, oh God, and said, make the call. And the call has been made. And now they're here. Lord, their hearts are open to receive from you. Lord, they have, they have expelled sin by confessing the word of God. They're cleansed, Lord. Confessing that they are pardoned. Now I ask in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that you would fill them with the Holy Ghost. Let the power fall. Let the Holy Ghost come. Lord, let him come and fill every vessel and every heart and every life right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you right now just raise your hands to him. Amen. Right now, obey him right now and begin to thank him for it. Come on now. Amen. We have prayed. You have asked him. You've invited him. Now go to thanking him for it and say, thank you, Lord. You keep your word. Thank you, Lord, that you keep your promise. Thank you, Lord, that you feel with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your promise, Lord. You gave me the promise. I receive it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Just begin to worship him from the depths of your heart. Just begin to love him from the depths of your heart. Say, oh, God, you made a promise. And I believe you, Lord. I believe your report. You said you would fill everyone with the Holy Ghost that were seeking it. Amen. Amen. Now I just want to rejoice, Lord. I want to thank you, Lord. You keep your word. You keep your promise. You said you would do it, Lord, and I accept it right now for my life. And I love you for it. And I thank you, Lord, that you're moving in my heart right now as I receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory be to the name of God. We love you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's your promise, Lord. It's your promise. Amen. May every heart, Lord, 
receive of your presence right now. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just call on his name now. Just call on his name. Come on. You, you've got to respond to him. This is not a moment to remain silent. This is a moment to call on the name of the Lord. You call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. This is the Bible. It's the word of God. You call. He's going to answer. You ask him to come to your heart. He's going to answer. Amen. Invite him there. Say, Jesus, I need you right now. God, I have you in my life, Lord. Amen. I thank you, Lord. You made the promise. And I thank you that it's mine. I thank you that you're filling with the Holy Spirit, Lord. That you bring in deliverance in your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Raise your hands to him. Come on. Come on. Begin to thank him. Begin to thank him. Amen. You, you prayed. You've asked him. Begin to thank him. Begin to act on it. You know, faith requires action. Faith without works is dead. Begin to act on it. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your promise, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for fulfilling your word. Thank you, Lord, that you're pouring out your spirit. Thank you, Lord, that I'm a recipient of it. Thank you, Lord, you'll never turn me away. Thank you, Lord, that you're right here with me right now. Meeting my need in my life, my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Just worship him now. Amen. Come on. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. Come on, you open up your mouth. You've got to confess it. You've got to confess it. It's mine. It is mine. This is my mountain. This is my promise. Give me my mountain. Give it to me, Lord. Give me my mountain. Give me what you promise in the word that a believer can have. I must have that mountain. I must have it, Lord. I must have it. It's my mountain. I receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. to him right now. Just yield to him. Come on, surrender. 
Is make that surrender to him, Lord. I'm surrendering my life, Lord, right now to you. Yield to him. Lord, you made a promise. I'm yielding to you, Lord. I'm accepting you in my life. I'm yielding to you. I want that Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm yielding, surrendering. I'm yours, Lord. Amen. Come fill my vessel. Come fill my vessel, Lord. Amen. Come, Jesus. Come to my soul, blessed Savior. Come, O Spirit divine. Come right now in my life, Lord, in my heart. Amen. Don't, don't look for just a jump or a shout or some emotion or a tongue. Just look for him just to come and feel that void on the inside and say, Jesus, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Be the king of my heart. I yield to you, Lord, right now. I surrender my life to you, Lord. I invite you in. I invite you in, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Some of you are so close to breaking through right now. If you just start yielding to it, you just surrender. Just surrender. Come on. Just let go. Let him come in. Lord, I, I just surrender my life completely, totally. All my heart, everything that's within me. Jesus. I want that token in my hand. Don't want to be left behind. Trains in the block. The flashing red lights of the sign of his coming are all around. Amen. Lord, I'm getting in. I'm not leaving one part of myself out. Gonna have all of you, Lord. Gonna have every promise. I accept it, Lord, right now for myself. Yes, Lord. Oh God. Amen. Just call on him now. Just call on him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. About to have your breakthrough. Come on, it's a birth. Amen. Brother Bradham told us over and again. He said, You have to cry for it. Cry for it with all your heart right now. Say, Jesus. Jesus, don't pass me by. I've got to have you in my life, Lord. I've got to have you in my heart. I gotta have you, Lord. Don't pass me by. Amen. Where's our blind Bartimaeus that would say, Jesus, 
Jesus, don't pass me by. Come by my way, Lord, and speak to me. Bring deliverance, Lord, in my life. In Jesus' name, thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pour your spirit out on me. Fall just like the rain. Saturate my thirsty soul. Come and fall afresh on me. Fill my cup again. Heal my heart. And make me whole. I need you now. Pour your spirit out. And pour your spirit out on me. Fall just like the rain. Saturate my throat. up again and heal my heart and make me whole I need you now oh pour your spirit out oh pour it out pour your spirit out on me fall just like the Saturate my thirsty soul, come and fall fresh on me, fill my cup again, heal my whole
Soul is resting. 
just a blessing. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
your testimony tonight. You're the God, you're the God who fights for me. Christ, 
Jesus. 
I receive it. I receive it.